If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Sounds good, right? There are a lot of places you can host your podcast. Those other podcast hosting sites love to make you pay, thinking they're doing you a favor. Not at Anchor. Folks, this is free. None of Anchor's competitors make distribution and monetization as seamless as Anchor does. I predict Anchor to be the face of podcasting in the next five years. If you're an experienced podcaster or a newcomer, doesn't make a difference. Get your show on Anchor today. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Preston Super Show. Welcome to Preston Super Show. Thank you everybody for being here. Ready to have a good show. I'm ready to talk about some sports. Let's do it. So tonight, uh, the NFL decided to make Broncos versus Jets a thing. I mean, that's what we have tonight on the plate. There's playoff baseball going on right now. White Sox start at 2 p.m. Central Time. Uh, I like the White Sox in that game today. I think they do pull it out against the Oakland Athletics, even with the rookie pitcher Dunning on the mound. For the White Sox, I don't care. I think they get the job done. But I'm really interested. Um, more of the simple fact of just kind of everything that's been going on in the news right now, and just what we're seeing everywhere. and I mean, just, you know, one thing was about the debates. Everybody, you know, I kind of sat back yesterday. Everybody had their spiel. And my question uh, is really, and I just want to riff about this for a minute. And my question is just really, why did you expect that it would have been anything other than what we've seen in that debate between President Trump, former pres- uh, former Vice President Joe Biden? Why do you think it would have been anything different than that? You know what I mean? Why do people think it was going to be different than that? I don't know. Debates don't really change minds and hearts. It's more of just, I can outwit this guy, or I'm just better than this individual person. That's all it represents. And it's mainly to get the base riled up. So you can hold more notions up and more accusations up against the other candidate. I mean, this is how the game's been played for a long time. Um, so don't uh, think too much of that. Everybody thought the debate was supposed to be something that it was never going to be. It was never going to be this wonderful conversation about how to move America and American values forward. It wasn't going to be that. What it was going to be was, I can outsmart you, I'm better than you. But also, something that Trump said that really resonated, that kind of everybody's overlooking, was just the fact that he's been in there, Trump's been in politics, actually has a political record for four years now, where Joe Biden has had a political record for 47 years. That speaks volumes, and everybody missed that point because of the uh, arguing and the resentment they have for each other, if that's even real, because I don't even care. It's not even the point. The point is you see what the Republicans do with their leadership. They, on the federal level, you've seen what they did. They tried to bring... A health care bill wasn't great. They tried. 
You've seen what they do with taxes, Trump tax cuts. They worked. They helped the businesses out. The businesses were expanding uh, and hiring more jobs than ever before. Yes, it's all true. Yes, it's all been fact-checked. Yes, it was great. But then COVID-19 hit. And then Trump was under um, uh, immense pressure, immense scrutiny. Now you have to make choices that you don't want to make. Now you have to do the things that nobody wants to do, but he had to do. So that's where I give him a lot of respect and a lot of credit. It's not about the party line. It's not about I'm smarter than you or I'm better than you. That's not what we're getting at. That's not going to solve anything. But I do look at that debate and I say this again is another example of why we don't need debates. If you support Trump, you're going to keep supporting Trump. If you're, you know, I, I would think you would. I don't see what changed your mind now um, after everything that's been said about him, after everything that's been done. I mean, almost, I mean, they had the guy uh, at the brink of impeachment, you know, um, they were trying to throw him out of the White House uh, before Thanksgiving, if you recall. They were trying to throw him out with the Thanksgiving turkey. I mean, come on, people. These people are sick. There is a deep state. For people to keep denying that there's a deep state after the Democrats tried to impeach the president, that that just boggles my mind that there's still conservatives out here crowing and talking. Like there's no deep state, it's just a conspiracy, there's no deep state and there's just, it's just a conspiracy and it's probably those QAnon guys or those two guys in MAGA hats. I just find it mind boggling that you see the voter fraud and again, I don't, the mail-in voting, the absentee ballot vote, that's a non-starter for me personally. That means nothing. It means absolutely nothing to me. They've been, the president mails in his vote. So I don't like I get the fraud in the 37 areas is a serious 37 different counts of fraud. I believe the Washington Post reported that have been found. Um, if that's true, if there's 37 different pieces of fraud that they found and that there's this ballot harvesting that's going on. um that may that has been going on before but now is being put in the main stream in the in the limelight because see this is the old double speak that the democrats like to do let me show you how let me set this up for you they are going to tell you that oh it's you know ballot harvesting and it's been going on for a long time and this is something that you know, Preston, and they'll tell you or they'll tell me, you know, and they'll say, oh, this is just something, you know, the liberal types will say that this is something that's gone on a long time. Why are they making a big deal about it now? Be because it's wrong. Okay. And because something's been going on for a long time, doesn't make it any less wrong or any less important to address and get out in front so the ballot harvesting is a problem where they're going around and rounding up ballots like we talked about on this show you've probably heard on other shows maybe they're not as good but they've brought it up where mike bloomberg has talked about and done uh pretty much the ultimate uh voting fraud in the voting scheme, I should say, by going to Florida, releasing uh, prisoners. And uh, I've heard Sean Hannity and others say, you know, that their agreement was that these ex-cons would be given their voting rights back after they paid their fines by Bloomberg, paid their fines. But they had to vote Democrat. They had to vote for Joe Biden. They had to vote Democrat down ballot. Now, if this all comes to be true, which it leans that way, this is not good for democracy. Now, people will tell you that chaos gives us an opportunity to reflect and address the problems that have been there. I just think that the word systemic is just a word that people don't like. 
you see California Governor Newsom, he's talking about giving reparations. They put this task force together. Um, they're going to be giving reparations to people who ancestrally are related to slaves. And this is this is just another example of how the how the Democrats like Governor Gavin Newsom of California will continue to ask you for more money, to ask for your vote, and then turn around and not put the money into the community or better the community, but to better individual groups. And by giving money to one group of people and no one else, we, you know, people want to say, well, that's racist. Well, that's fine. I mean, that, that is a fair argument, but that's not my argument. My argument is that's favoritism. And if, and favoritism is not warranted in this country. This is individual liberties, individual rights, the individual. It's up to you. It's up to me. This group think, this collective think, these different think tanks, they all have an agenda. And it's not, a, it's not for you. It's not an agenda for you, whether it's conservative, whether it's progressive, whatever it is. These think tanks are another uh, backdoor operation. And I don't care if they don't like it or not. I, I don't care if they don't like it or not. It's the, That's what it is. It's a game behind the game and the way these things are set up and the way uh, that we as Americans have to continue to deal with them. I don't believe it's fair. I don't believe that's right, that we have to deal with the ambiguous media every day planning new attacks on the president. I don't think it's right that in some states you can defend yourself in some states you can't. And there's all these different extenuating circumstances over God-given rights. But there's one thing they can't take away from you, and that's your pride. Because some people joke about integrity. It's a sin to be prideful, but it's not a sin to have pride. To believe in something. To something better. Especially better than the way it's going right now and the way things are trending right now. Here in Illinois, you have the ComEd bribery scheme. Now that's moving forward. And folks, it's deep. I mean, this is deep. It's, it's so deep. It's so radical. This is, I just want to give everybody a healthy dose, a dose of this. And I need a healthy dose of this too. This is a good um, learning curve for everybody that listens to this show on corruption and how it's not a movie, how it's not made up, how these things are actually happening in isolated areas like Illinois, and they're happening in the isolated areas in the political realm. According to CBS Chicago, and uh, this is just very troubling, ex-ComEd executive Fidel Marquez pleads guilty to bribery scheme tied to Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan. And the ball's starting to roll on this. It's not looking good for Madigan. He's not been charged with a crime. He admits doing any wrongdoing. But everybody knows here in Illinois, at least any conservative knows, that all roads lead through Mike Madigan in the Illinois House of Representatives. According to court documents, Marquez helped direct a $37,500 payment to an unnamed company. 
a substantial portion of which was intended for associates of Speaker of the House Michael Madigan. A sentencing date for Marquez has not been yet scheduled. Prosecutors will not move forward with sentencing until Marquez's cooperation is complete. Earlier this year, federal prosecutors accused ComEd of a years-long bribery scheme. A years-long, folks, let's, let's break that down. A years-long bribery scheme that sought to curry Madigan's favor in advancing legislation relaxing state regulation of ComEd's rates by directing $1.3 million in payments to the Speaker's associates. Sickening. Sickening. Take it in. ComEd acknowledged it stood to benefit by more than $150 million from that legislation. This is a a classic kickback, classic patronage behind the scenes. But it gets worse. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. It gets worse. And not for Mike Madigan, but for the people of Illinois. And this is what I mean. Listen to this. So we talked about Madigan not being charged with a crime. Deny he's denied he's done anything wrong, of course. Meantime, ComEd has entered into a deferred prosecution agreement with the feds and have agreed to pay $200 million. They're going to enact a bunch of reforms, hand air quotes, reforms, and cooperate with investigators in exchange for prosecutors dropping charges in 2023 if ComEd lives up to its obligation. So do right for the next two years, ComEd, and you're going to, you're going to, your company's going to be scout for a year. And that's so wrong because if it were me or you, we'd be facing life without the possibility of seeing daylight. Marquez's plea comes on the same day a ComEd executive is going uh, is testifying in the uh, special investigation committee in the House. Um, so when he testified, they did they did that, and the Republicans um, have the information they need. They're going they have the information they need. They're going to be uh, issuing subpoenas now, and they're going to be getting uh, more information gathered. That way, they can start uh, uh, playing on getting the charges ready for exactly what they're going to be charging who with and exactly what they're going to be trying to get Madigan with here Um, because it's so obvious. And if you live in Illinois, you know, it's obvious. You, you would know if you lived here. I mean, uh, you know, he, he goes, the guy, they have this guy come testify and he's a utility official, an Exelon official. And he says, yeah, the company bribed people to influence Madigan. Yes. Ten, ten year long bribery scheme intended to influence House Speaker Michael Madigan. This is a reporter by the Center Square. The utility official says company bribed people to influence Madigan. This is so obvious. Even even Governor Pritzker has come out and uh, he stuck his big neck out there, his uh, wide shoulders out there, and he said, uh, "Yeah, he should. Uh, he should answer their uh, questions. Should definitely. Uh, Madigan should definitely answer their questions. He won't. He'll do everything he can not to answer those questions. He doesn't care." see people you don't understand it it's it maybe you do understand and that's good but if you don't yes governor pritzker is the governor but as a governor you don't even have nearly the same powers as a president has over the country as you would have over your own state it's not identical so also the way things work in the state 
vary on the Constitution of the state, along with the United States Constitution and laws not being able to go against that. But I'll tell you, ComEd has been going against its customers for a long time. Uh, they've raised their rates. You've not had a say. And when uh, Governor Pequin uh, did make a whole big press conference about it, this is quite a few years ago when he made a big press conference about it, then the, I believe it was the Illinois Supreme Court came out and said, uh, yeah, ComEd can raise the rates. There's nothing stopping them from raising the rates on uh, consumers. Like the, the governor basically was just shut down by the Illinois Supreme Court. So, I mean, ComEd, Mike Madigan, Mike Madigan it was in power at that time in the House. It was in the majority, and he's had a majority control. So, basically, what the House Democrats have right now is they can pass whatever they can wrap their little minds around because they have a majority in the House and they have a majority. Uh, in the Illinois Senate, and then you have the governor who he's going to go along with anything because he's a toad. He's a toad man, so he's just going to hop along with the other toads. He doesn't care. He, he he doesn't care. He's ready to assert his dominance. He he's on a power trip. He's supposed to be in isolation for I believe fourteen days. I heard. The governor of Illinois supposed to be in isolation for like 14 days. But man, after the debate, he was sure ready to do an interview. Didn't look sick to me. I don't know. What are these symptoms of COVID again? I mean, maybe he is sick. But and again, if he is, I you know hope he gets better. But didn't look, look fine to me. And he sure had a lot to say uh, about the debate. So I, I don't understand that. It's... It's not a good situation here in Illinois. People are flying out of the state. And, and people think it's a joke. They think like, oh, yeah, that's funny. You know, you really think uh, people are flying out of here. Five, there's already been a report 500,000 jobs have left. We have 500,000 less jobs than we did a year ago. And that's not jobs leaving and going and starting somewhere else. That's jobs that have gone away. The company can't pay their bills. Then COVID came and wiped out whoever was uh, teetering on the edge. And the governor was slow to respond. And it's still slow today because he's just pudgy and uh, blob. And all he has is quick little uh, whips, little uh, quick little uh, snippets. And that's all you get out of him. He does a press conference, the only press conference he's ever uh, handled well was about COVID, and that's because uh, it's a public health issue. So what can you really go after him about that uh, he's going to let you say? But let me give you a couple numbers here. Illinois hotel job loss is projected at 131,665. So over 130,000 hotel jobs gone. Bye-bye, Illinois hotel jobs. Bye-bye. I don't think the union can save uh, your job there. I don't know. Maybe in the bigger city, maybe. Maybe not. The 3806 monthly cost of living in McHenry County is the highest in Illinois. And uh, so if uh, fair tax passes, are, is, is that going to go up and then just drive the rest of those people out? Like these people are going to want to live in the boonies any more than where they're at. Like they don't understand. They're like, oh, well, they'll just move somewhere else in Illinois. No, they won't. You don't understand that like Illinois is not all like people look at Chicago and say, oh, yeah, Illinois is like, no, it's not. There's a long stretches of nothing in Illinois. There's towns that are deserted. There's towns with no gas station or no gas station for five or ten miles. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, Illinois is not the uh, prettiest uh, place to be as far as uh, living standards go. Definitely better options out there. I would suggest anything uh, before Illinois in America. I mean, go anywhere. 
before you go here. Nobody says comes here and they say, oh, it wasn't that bad. Well, they didn't live here as long as I have. And if they did, then they just don't, they, they don't care about anything. Then that's my, my argument is that they don't care about anything. If they've lived here for a long time and think it's good or it's okay, it's not. What are you talking about? This is a dump. We're all tough and we're all going to come out of this place if you're lucky and you're smart and you make it, make good choices. But if you start making poor choices, this is the quickest place to sink. Right here in Illinois. This used to be the play I, I, you know, I've started saying to people like Illinois was, the, you know, to me, that was the crossroads of America. And now it's like the road out of America. Like, go, go, go as fast as you can. Like that road, instead of a road that was coming in, became an exit only. Like people don't understand. Like if you're going to come to Chicago, you probably flew here. And the the airlines are hurting. Everybody's hearing about the airlines and seeing the struggles they're having. ComEd bribery scheme is just, its this is so terrible for this state. And it, like I said, over 10 years. So that's the last two years of when Paquin was in there. That's eight years of Bruce Rauner. And... 10 years from now, so that would be, well, no, you'd have to think, what, what's Pritzker in his second year? He's got one more year, two more years, and that guy, we can get him out of there. I mean, it can't come faster than this. I mean, come on. This guy's got to go. I mean, next year we should be able to get this guy out of here, man. Like, I'm, I'm completely ready to vote this guy out. No second term. No second term for Pritzker. Get him out. Anybody's better than that guy. Anybody will do a better job. Anybody. Hopefully somebody that's not a billionaire. Really. I mean, it's some somebody that's not a crazy multimillionaire wants to be governor. Somebody comes from blue collar. Working background, working class that gets it, that knows, you know, not some crappy manager somewhere, but somebody that actually did hard labor. Knows, you know, how they should should be treated and what they should have and, and can turn that around for the people and start to empower the people. And we need more just empowerment for the people in this state. I mean, everybody's just so watered down right now. And uh, politics isn't helping. But one thing that will help is a second stimulus bill that's in the works. And I've just... I I believe CBS said it had like a 15% chance to pass before the election. Where the hell do you get that number from? Why do you just, these, they just pull these numbers out of their ass based on our model. 15%. Nancy Pelosi and the goons roll out a new 2.2 trillion stimulus plan. That includes 600 federal unemployment benefits and a second round of $1,200 direct payments. Something. Can we get something, please? I mean, people are hurting. Everybody needs a breather. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not right that, uh, you know, we have to continue not getting uh, the two sides working together. Like people could just do do it, work together, just do it, work together. Come on, like no one's going to be mad at anybody after this is all said and done. Just work together. I mean, two point two trillion dollars. I mean, does it, who who's keeping track anymore? Because I don't feel like anybody is. Two point two trillion. That's like a trillion they shaved off of it ah, we shaved we shaved a trillion off of it yeah yeah we took yeah we took it down a trillion yeah actually 1.2 trillion looks like you you don't you people aren't even paying attention to that the debt number you really need to pay more attention to it <clears throat> they should be tying this all together they shouldn't be tying unemployment money with money for people that 
maybe unemployed, but also maybe on social security. Maybe they're just out of a job and they're, they can't claim unemployment. There's a lot of different scenarios that are happening. Um, and a lot of different, you know, just unorthodox categories people are going to fall into. And that's what that a thousand, 200 bucks is for to just give you a little bit of a breather, take care of a couple things and, you know, set yourself up for a, a better day, you know, better days ahead. I just don't see this working out the way people see it working out. Like until they start to see that they're just not going to have um, many people vote or depending on if their uh, reputation becomes a little damaged by this. That's the only way I see this moving is if people start to pressure, make the phone calls and write the letters and say, hey, let's get moving on this. We need the help, you know. If that doesn't happen, if people don't start to say, hey, you're either going to, you know, get this done or you can cancel my vote. You know what I mean? And we get more people to take that stance. Like, you know what? You're not going to keep doing nothing and I vote for you. Like maybe that's the stance we need to start taking. And uh, I think you're going to have a record low turnout. I think you will have uh, a lot of people that have incomplete ballots that have some spots filled and other spots they didn't they didn't vote for anybody in just certain areas that they feel comfortable with that person they vote for and i think that's the way to do it i don't believe in this idea of a down ballot anything i believe know the candidates know who's running that you want to vote for and understand what they're going to do to you because everybody has different things they need we don't all have the same wants and needs. You know, we're not all uh, in our hearts. We don't desire the same things. So. We have to look at this independently. You have to be an independent thinker. And for me, Trump, with the economy and the things he's, he's, he's done for the economy that I've seen and the things that he can do for the economy moving forward uh, post COVID, I like that idea better than the Biden idea. And that's where I fall in this election. That's 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 where the main issue is, is the economy. It has to get restarted. It will. I truly believe that. But I'm an internal optimist. So you're asking someone who's completely biased. Like, I believe the system's always going to get better. But I believe that it doesn't get better if other people don't do their part and don't pull their weight. Doesn't mean I'm going to do uh, any less doesn't mean I won't do more. But what it does mean is that everybody's got a role to play in life. And you have to play that role. You have to. And that role will expand and get bigger and you'll grow from there. But everybody has a role to play. We need Congress. We need the U.S. House of Representatives to do their job. Play their role. Stop the nonsense. Pass the stimulus. However you got to do it. Or just, I mean, the best idea is to just cut those direct payments through the Treasury like you did last time. Pass it in the House as a separate bill from this. And then argue about your unemployment benefits. Argue about your PPE. Uh, E-money that's running out, your payroll protection program, your PPP program. Um, I mean, whatever you guys want to do, argue about that later. Right now, people need the relief. I don't like this all being tied together. You gotta, you gotta get something done. You need to be able to hold hold something up. You need to be able to stand on your accomplishments debating winning a debate here or there you know winning in an elect uh, an election that's those are small accomplishments the big accomplishments uh, accomplishments are what you do 
What did you achieve? What can you tie your name to? <clears throat> that first round of $1,200 payments, that's good. Trump had his name on it. The Democrats will tell you that they did the work. The Republicans will tell you that they did the work. But honestly, it was bipartisan. <clears throat> it was really bipartisan. And that's what we need this time around. This time it's been a little weird, though. Not much has changed. Actually, the COVID situation has gotten better. It's improved. Obviously, you've seen restrictions being lifted all over the country. The situation did not get worse if that's happening. It's not. That's not accurate at all. That goes against logic. So what I would tell you is don't go against logic with this. Understand that everybody needs relief right now. We pay taxes, hard-earned taxes to the government. And it's time that in a time of need, America comes through for its people. I know it will happen, but I don't believe it's going to happen in this particular bill. I still think they're wanting too much. I really do. I think 2.2 trillion is too much. You need to be down. You know, if you really want to talk about this, you need to get into about 1.7 trillion. 1.3 trillion. Because then you would be able to cover all those 1,200 payments. And with the rest of it, um, you could fund partially the things you need to fund but this whole idea of bailing out the airlines and bailing out the airlines and, and prolonging them from doing the inevitable of firing people i don't believe in that i don't believe in that for uh the ppp program i believe that it was a good program I believe that it worked for businesses if you're going to keep funding that i'm against that because again it's a pro it's a government program now you continue to feed the program you're not going to get rid of that program. Like, it's not just going to vanish. So you have to wean the the money off. And that's what needs to happen. So that's what I'm saying. Get this down to $1.3 trillion. Get this down to $900 billion. Be able to cover all the money for $1,200 checks. And then partially fund all the other things you want to do. There's other ways to look at this, but they don't want to do it that way. They They want it their way or the highway. And when I say they, I mean the progressive Democrat wing led by uh, Nancy Pelosi that are completely radical. And I say the uh, hardcore uh, down the line conservatives that can't come across the aisle right now in the time of need for the people. Those two groups. Not the Republicans in the House. I like I like those guys. I like the Kevin McCarthy. I like the Matt Gates, Dan Crenshaw. There's a lot of really good Republicans in the House of Representatives. But in the Senate, there's a lot more of this old curmudgeon mentality. Like, well, we're not going to do it that way because we never did it that way. So that's never going to be the way. Like, they just have this old goof mentality that I don't like, and the Democrats in the Senate are even worse. The Democrat senators are the rottenest. You cannot, they're not allies of the people, I'll tell you that much. They don't act like it, if they are. If they do claim to be allies of the people, they don't act like it. Rest in peace to the individual who died after eating a bag of licorice every day for a few weeks. Did you hear about that? Reported by The Guardian. A Massachusetts construction worker, uh, love of black licorice, wound up costing him his life. He ate a bag of black licorice, half, and a, a bag and a half every day for a few weeks. And uh, he's 54 years old, and it causes heart to stop. Even a small amount of licorice you eat can increase your blood pressure a little bit. Well, that's a debt. I'll never have licorice again. Thanks a lot, uh, The Guardian. You hear Saudi Arabia sends blue ammonia to Japan in first and world first shipment. You know, there's this one weird, funky news channel that comes on at night. It's called NHK World News. 
And it is like the world, like they talk about everything. They come to America, talk about it. They go over here, Malaysia or something, India. Like you get that, this whole well-rounded experience. It's like, that's what the news should be. It's an actual, that's an actual news channel. Like no one's arguing, no one's fighting. Everybody's talking about actually, actually things that, uh, are facing different countries. Like it was very, uh, it's a very delightful program. And they do like these little short documentaries and exposés on things. Like it's, I don't know. It's just, it, it was very, uh, intriguing. Um, but I gotta tell you, Japan's doing the news, the news part, right? I may not, uh, you know, agree with Japan on everything, but something about people in Japan, they're very, these are highly intelligent, uh, people working behind the scenes over here. Now, the Saudis, uh, the Saudis are an ally to America, uh, and they're just, they're loaded to the gills, that country is. Japan wants to be the world leader in the use of hydrogen. They're trying to, you know, they're stuck with this uh, Paris Climate Pact that we pulled out of, and Japan's just stuck in it, and they're just really going along with it. And I mean, God bless them, but I mean, you do what you got to do. Uh, Saudi owned Aramco and Mitsubishi Corp are overseeing transportation logistics for the Blue Ammonia Project. This is nuts. Blue Ammonia? The world first demonstration represents an exciting opportunity for Aramco to showcase the potential of hydrocarbons as a reliable and affordable source of low-carbon hydrogen ammonia, said Aramco's chief technology officer, Hamad Hel Kowater. That's a quote. Uh, so I don't, I don't know, people. What, what do we think about this? Because I'll tell you what I think. Uh, this is very dangerous. Just moving around ammonia, 40 tons of it, to be exact. Um, they made this by, okay, they produce this fuel by converting hydrocarbons into hydrogen and then ammonia and capturing the carbon dioxide byproduct. It's just nuts. Whoa. It's way past my pay grade. Did you hear Jim Belushi is a cannabis farmer? From Yahoo News. I read this. I was like, this is definitely something Yahoo News would report on. And Jim Belushi's out here uh, growing the pot, man, legally. Like, who would have thought Jim Belushi, uh, after all these years, uh, would be covered by Yahoo News and he would be growing pot? Like, I know plenty of people growing pot. They're, uh, they'd never really make the news this way. You know what I mean? And uh, I got to say, as a cannabis farmer, you know, it definitely brings a lot of uh, interesting uh, angles to life. He's, he does it in the greenhouse that, you know, he's all over, all over the place. I mean, this guy's all over the place. He lives along the Rogue River in Eagle Point, Oregon. Man, this is this is just nuts. Just growing, just growing pot out in Oregon, man. You know, man. Oh man, nothing else going on. No COVID, man. There's nothing else going on, man. He said he really likes the farming, though. He really enjoys it. And I, I get it. You know, I put in a garden every year. I know, I know what it's. It feels good. You're done with it. You're like, yeah, I'm about to eat some of this. This is going to be great. Hey, he's all into it, too. He's, like, really into this. Like, uh, he gives them names, uh, plays music for them. Uh, it's, it's just crazy that who would have expected that? Especially in Oregon, where 
Tens of thousands were evacuated. A million acres were burned from those wildfires. So he buys this Elks Lodge picnic ground, builds a house on it, builds a sweat lodge, and then bought the farm that neighbored the house. Uh, and it's all going to be documented on a new reality show, Growing Belushi on Discovery Go, which I'm going to watch because I actually like Jim Belushi. Um, obviously, his brother is, you know, the better actor, but Jim's cool, man. He's a, he, uh, I read a book from him, uh, Why Men Shouldn't Apologize. And he's just a very intelligent guy. Um, he didn't get a lot of credit for that. And I, I, I thought he wrote a, a good book. But uh, it's just cool because it just shows, like, uh, here's someone that was Hollywood, but has, like, these roots and farming and, you know, doing other things and not being this sit in the house big malibu mansion type you know beverly hills type just not wanting to do anything just party and meet and greets like he's farming cannabis man i'm all about that like that's awesome there needs to be more jim belushi's in the world that's what i think Never limit your talents, people. That was the best advice I've ever gotten, and that was from my grandmother. Never limit your talents. So still, the, to this day, the best advice I've ever gotten. Phil Spencer says Xbox is absolutely planning for more consoles in the future. Reported by Video Games Chronicle. See? Consoles are going to be around. I've heard it. People, you know, them consoles. You might well get a computer. You play on your computer. New super enzyme eats plastic bottles six times faster. Whoa. The Guardian reports that. Wow. Need that. Plastic stacking up, son. Stacking up all over the place. Need that super enzyme. Facebook launches cross-platform messaging on Instagram and Messenger. Like, we needed that. Oh, yeah, we needed that. Irish court rules Subway bread is not bread. And who made them the uh, fucking experts on bread? (laughs) Who made these people the experts on bread? No way. They said it can't be bread because it has too much sugar in it. So there you go. Well, no wonder everybody's teeth are rotting out. Can't even trust the bread at Subway. What can you trust now? After hearing that, what can you trust now? Florida woman forced to forfeit lotto prize after a uh, post office loses her ticket. Hoo-hoo-hoo. Wow. Not good. Uh, I'm going to say not good. I'm going to say not good. How do you lose the lottery ticket? Why? Why did you not do this in the mail? Why would you do it through the mail? Everybody knows to go in person. No, you never do it through the mail. Especially when they find they can't even keep track of the ballots. They're losing the uh, the mail-in vote and uh, mail-in vote. Ballots in the mail. There's nothing that you get like a confirmation. Oh, your vote counter. Here's your confirmation number. You write this down. There's nothing. You just send it. That's it. Thanks. Uh, see you in four years. Mnuchin, you know, he's countering Pelosi's offer. And he's saying $1.6 trillion. See what I say? I say $1.3 I just come across this. This is just Forbes six hours ago by Sarah Hansen and the Forbes staff. Make her famous here. Steve Mnuchin, 
he's saying the next bill will include the 1,200 checks if there is a deal. And, you know, so if there's a deal, we're going to get the, we're going to get the stimulus check as long as you don't make over 75,000. And then if you make that, you're probably not listening to my show. Pelosi, $1.6 trillion deal is on the table. Nancy Pelosi, the deal is on the table. Take that deal. It's not, I don't think it's going to get any better than that. I, now that I, now that I see it at 1.6, I don't think they're, they can come down to 1.3. Now, that doesn't make any sense. It has to be between 1.3 and 1.7 trillion, I think, for this deal to go through. This will include $250 billion of in-state and local aid. 400 instead of the 600 they want for weekly federal unemployment benefits. This offer... Also includes $75 billion for coronavirus testing and tracing, which they, for the testing, yes, but the tracing, I don't know about that. $20 billion for airlines, not needed. $60 billion for rental and mortgage assistance. Okay, but how that's how is that going to be distributed? Is that, what is that, HUD money? Or is that, like, where is that, uh, you know what I mean? Where is that going? And another $160 billion for the Paycheck Protection Program. So the PPP uh, of forgivable loans for small businesses, which they shouldn't be doing that either. So they got a bunch of pork fat in there that they don't need. They're telling you they need all that, but that, that has nothing to do with anything. The businesses that were teetering on the fence are gone. Whether that PPP money comes through or not, because they ain't going to be able to pay that back. Um Especially now with the way, uh, as slow as the economy is coming back in some states, especially the Democratic states, uh, Democrat run states, I should say, correct myself. The Democrat run states are so slow in their recovery right now. And it's the Republican states that are leading the recovery. So, new deal on the table. Glad I came across it. And I know, beginning of the show, we we're talking about the Broncos and the Jets. And that is how I want to close out the show and give you my picks. Give you my other picks that I've taken today. So one uh, interesting spot I found in this Broncos game versus the New York Jets is anytime touchdown score minus 130 from Melvin Gordon. You go into a splits. Um, you can see in the month of uh, October. Uh, he averaged, he's, he's had the most touchdowns in his career at 11. Um, so he's had 11 touchdowns in his career in the month of October. Uh, I mean, rushing touchdowns, 17 receiving touchdowns, the most receiving touchdowns in his, uh, career come in the month of October. It's October 1st. It's prime time. Thursday night football. He's played three times on Thursday Night Football, won two of those, scored once in, in those. Uh, in late games, uh, Melvin Gord has never really been the best in late games, but he has had four touchdowns uh, rushing and five touchdowns receiving. This is where it gets good. You look against his career against the New York Jets, and he's played them one time, and he won, and he ran at a touchdown. Um, it's very good. It's very good. I like that. Um, I do like that a lot. So he's had 17 total touchdowns all time in October to correct myself. 17 total touchdowns all, all time in October. 11 have come by rushing. Six have come by receiving. So it's the most he's had receiving and the most he's had rushing. So we're coming into his his best month. He's at you know that where he's usually his best at in the season, which makes sense. Before the wear and tear starts to catch up, uh, like it does for a lot of guys. And against the Jets, he's only played it once. So you want to look at the Jets division, right? Because then you can see. All right, 
who is uh who the Jets play these teams uh twice a year. Um and I, I like that you know when you look at the the Jets division it's a very tough division. So you you look at it and you say, "Wow, you know, this is uh this is a, this is a very tough division here with the Patriots, the Bills, the Dolphins." So you're playing those teams twice a year. You know, the the Jets would. And Melvin Gordon has played against the AFC East, AFC East opponents seven times. He's won four of those games, lost three. Remember, one of those wins comes against the Jets. He's had five touchdowns in his career, which is tied for second most against divisions, rushing the ball. Two, catching the ball, which is tied for second most uh, receiving touchdowns against any division, AFC or NFC. So it's tied for second there. So he's tied for second in both categories. He's got good stats here. And when I look at this offense for the Broncos, nothing pops out at me besides Jerry Judy, who was questionable coming into tonight. So what I like is a player prop for Melvin Gordon, anytime touchdown score, minus 130, is my bet for this game. I just think that everybody I see throwing out this, you know, money line, Denver, Denver plus one, like, that's just lame. I'm sorry, that's just lame. Like, you didn't do much research for that. You didn't do much digging to figure out plus one, Denver. Like, you you probably will be let down because I do think the Jets are going to score in this game. I think the Broncos defense is overhyped. Uh, I think the Broncos are down to their third string quarterback and he's not going to look good. And the Jets defense finally gets a team that's not together on offense put together well right now. So you have Jerry Judy and Melvin Gordon going for you. So I like Jerry Judy and Melvin Gordon anytime touchdown score and Jerry Judy at plus 300 anytime touchdown scores. If he doesn't play, you get your money back. So I drop what you want to drop on there, but plus three hundred. I like that number. I'm I'm known as a three to one king. So my three to one best bet for you tonight. Jerry Judy, anytime touchdown score. He's he's been the favorite of Driscoll. Um he's the favorite of uh Locke before Locke was hurt. He was he, you know, and you can say whatever you want, but he was being targeted so many times. It was just like the younger quarterbacks like Judy. Um, they look to him. They're, you know, they, you can already see this, uh, Jerry Judy becoming a leader on this team so early, but it's true. So if he plays tonight, I like him to score a touchdown. He's definitely going to catch one and, uh, good yards after the catch. Good yards after the catch. So I like those two bets. And then, uh, we'll have a little bit of fun here. I'll tell you, uh, some of the other bets I took. Fernando Tadias Jr. to hit a home run tonight, plus 400. It's boosted on FanDuel, plus 400. Get it while you still can. Get it before they lower it. Fernando Tadias Jr. to hit a home run tonight, plus 400. Padres are down. Um, 0-1 in that series against the Cardinals. Cardinals are sending right-handed pitcher Wayne Wright out to the mound. Tidys Jr. is really good against right-handers, way better than right-handers against left-handers. Um, he's really good at home. He's going to hit a boomer. He's going to hit a boomer tonight. They got Davies on the mound. When Davies is on the mound, they, this team typically rises to the occasion. I like the Padres to win, but my best bet is at plus 400. Let's not miss out on a special night for the Padres and a big home run. To bring home the bankroll. Let's go. Uh, I also like in the Chicago White Sox at Oakland Athletics game, which is going to start very soon here. It's 1.38 p.m. Currently, this game's going to start at 2.10 p.m. 
So watch the over under live if I don't get to show up in time, but I like over seven and a half. I bought half a point. You might not even have to buy half a point. Over seven and a half, it's set at eight. I think they get eight. I think eight runs is the money today. Um, it was eight yesterday, but I think it's flip. I think the White Sox win. Um, the line has moved very sharply, very sharply. I'm telling you, like plus one fourteen down to minus one sixteen for the White Sox. Like it's it's sharp line movement. White Sox win this game today. So do what you want to do, but I do like uh, minus one thirty four odds over seven and a half runs between both teams. Um, that way, if the White Sox do for some reason they they just give up a ton of runs today, then you know you're going to cash because the White Sox are definitely going to hit run. They're going to score today. They're going to score today, and they're going to score numbers. They're going to score numbers. So there's my best bets for you today. Um, I'll tell you who I think wins the Dodgers Brewers. I think Dodgers knock out the Brewers. They got Kershaw on the mound against Woodruff. Kershaw's on the mound. He'll get like 12 strikeouts against that brew crew. Believe me, they're overhyped. They're they're out of there. I think, you know, I told you White Sox win. Cincinnati's playing Atlanta. Atlanta's up one nothing. You already know how I feel about that. Atlanta's going to take that series. Miami versus the Cubs. I like the Cubs today. Miami tomorrow. Um, St. Louis, San Diego. It's This is the Padres game to lose. I mean, I'm all I'm all in on the Padres for this one. So there you go. That's the breakdown today. Uh, that's the sports for you. That's the way I want to go out on the show. And just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Best of luck, everyone.